What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday. Far too many to keep up with, along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry. This show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. It's week eight, fellas, so that's, I guess, halfway through the NFL schedule, a little bit more than halfway through the regular season of our fantasy football schedule. And to be quite honest, Matt, it was... It was kind of an ugly Sunday of of football and fantasy football. Yeah, all the games in the Midwest just affected with wind and weather and uh, just kind of ugly games. And, you know, we're at the halfway point in the season now. Maybe the defenses are starting to catch up with the offense. We've been getting so used to these games with 55, 56, 60 point, you know, totals. And uh, we didn't get as many of those today. So uh, maybe that's the the bad part of that offensive explosion early in the season. And now we're a little bit bored with with a normal Sunday, right? Yeah, I guess so. That's a good point. I thought coming into the week, fellas, that there were some really odd, ma- or not odd really, but tough matchups for star players. And with the teams that were on by and the weather that we were dealing with throughout, especially the Midwest, like Matt mentioned, it didn't line up for a great week. It started kind of slow with the Thursday night game, Ryan. And although there were some nice performances, Dalvin Cook uh, for sure leads the way. There was a lot of disappointments as well. There really was. And and like Matt said, I don't know if it's just the weather. Uh, I kind of had a feeling even before the game started, it was going to be an ugly week just judging by uh, the combination of bye weeks and, and some some injured players. Even setting my lineups was a little painful this week. So I guess, I guess it sh- shouldn't really be a surprise that the games were not great overall. Yeah, it was uh, it was an odd week, no doubt. Uh, tough to set those lineups, sliding especially in leagues that we like to play in, where you got to go ten, eleven, sometimes even twelve deep uh, in a starting lineup. It's it, we were scratching the bottom of the barrel to find that last starter. Uh, hopefully, all of our listeners had had a little bit more luck setting those lineups in week number eight. But let's let's go ahead and get into the most important thing for the week. Once again, I always like to mention that we are recording before Sunday night football, so no talk about the primetime games. We're going to start with the, I guess it was a primetime game, the Thursday night game, like we always do, guys. It was the Falcons and the Panthers, and the, the team from Atlanta came out on top by eight points, 25 to 17. Julio Jones rolled to seven catches for 137 yards. But Ryan, it was there was a rough play in the second quarter where Calvin Ridley got tackled from behind, three catches for 42 yards before that tackle. Looks like he's going to miss a little bit of time. I think all our listeners know 
how big a fan of Calvin Ridley I am. He's such a dynamic playmaker. Not really getting into the Ridley injury because we've heard all about that. Moving forward, what do you see from this offense? Uh, no Calvin Ridley. How does that affect Julio Jones, the other weapons on that offense? You know, I really wonder how the Ridley injury just over the next couple of games, and, and hopefully that's all he misses. I wonder how it will impact Todd Gurley because we saw in this game, uh, Gurley was on the sidelines much of the game, and he played his second fewest snaps of the season. Brian Hill played the most his most snaps of the season. And it, it just made me kind of think back to what Gurley's season has looked like. So I I ran the numbers with Julio Jones in the lineup versus without. And Todd Gurley is averaging six fewer points when Julio is on the field. And uh, oddly enough, he's averaging 45 fewer rushing yards with uh, when Julio's in the lineup. So um, essentially they're just using Gurley less when, uh, when Julio is, is out there. And I guess that's no surprise, but I, I was, it was a little bit of a surprise. I should say just how drastic those numbers were. I wonder if it'll be the same with Ridley out. Uh, if they'll, they'll basically make Gurley that, that second option in the offense overall. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's not just Gurley that's affected when Julio's out of the lineup, Ryan, uh, as you know, it seems like Matt Ryan is, it takes a couple clicks down on, on how he performs every week. Uh, and maybe Hayden Hurst doesn't have that weapon on the outside as well. And, and a lot of us have seen Julio and Calvin Ridley as a 1-1-A type of situation there. So it is an unknown, Matt. I want to bring you into the conversation. What do you, what do you think of this Atlanta offense moving forward? Because there are so many players that we count on week in and week out. It's just such a weird team. Like they they score points, but they don't they don't win games. I guess. Uh, so I, I don't. I, I still want Julio. I still want Calvin Ridley. I don't want any part of the running game. Uh, you know, Brian Hill actually looks a little bit more explosive. I think to me. So that's going to be interesting to to track going forward. I'd still uh, maybe just me. I'd still like to see Quadri Olison get a get a shot at some point uh, to, to at least get on the field now that he's healthy. Um, but it's just a very strange team, and I don't I don't really know. Like we want to have parts of these. This, this this offense in our, our uh, lineups each week but it's a it's kind of a static team like we know exactly where the targets are going and and all of the all the pieces really feel like holds from a dynasty's perspective right like you're not going to get the value trading away julio jones right now so you might as well ride him calvin ridley has gotten to the point where you can't buy him you know he's, he's had a couple of down weeks here with these injuries but i don't think anybody's selling low based on that and based on what we saw earlier in the season and then no one really wants Gurley, right so uh, from a dynasty's perspective it's just a little bit boring these are all kind of holds i think where they're at in their offense off- right now on the other side of the football the only real note from this game at least from my perspective was Mike Davis and most likely what will be seen as his swan song as the starter for the Carolina Panthers 13 carries 66 yards just caught one pass guys there's a lot of talk around the dynasty community will Mike Davis be involved at all real quick Matt is he can you start Mike Davis when uh, McCaffrey's back next week 
<laughs> I, I think I'm the wrong person to ask that, but uh, no, I, I don't think so. I think you, if I mean, we had once as soon as we got the news this week that McCaffrey might play, uh, he had he had him on as the practice jersey, and then he had a uh, uh, had the practice jersey off, and you thought maybe there was a chance, and then as soon as you found out that that's that that McCaffrey was going to be out this week, that was when I would 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 want to sell Mike Davis because I think all of the value you could have got for him. I mean, it was a, it was a great buy early in the season while you're uh, making up those starts for for McCaffrey for a cheap. You know, I saw him go for. A, a third round pick and it was certainly worth that for the production you got but tailed off the last couple of weeks and I think with McCaffrey back uh, it's going to be we're going to be seeing him with you know 85 percent of the, the the workload both in the the receiving game and the rushing game out of the Carolina backfield so I think Mike Davis's value is pretty much gone just another injury handcuff. Ryan you're not willing to start Davis going forward either? No I was impressed you asked that with a straight face though that was that was oh good. okay <laughs> all right see uh, let's get to the Sunday games, guys. We'll start with the Steelers outlasting the Ravens 28-24 to behind Ben Roethlisberger. 182 yards and two touchdowns, one to Chase Claypool, who caught five passes. The news here, though, Ryan, might be the Deontay Johnson injury, just one catch for six yards. He's supposed to be this, this ace, this number one wide receiver for Roethlisberger and the Steelers and dynasty managers everywhere. And he can't stay on the field. Yeah, it's it's just frustrating because we've seen we've seen the ceiling from Deontay Johnson, and including last week when he scored the two touchdowns, in really what was his first healthy game in in a few weeks. So um, we talked last week uh, the frustration with Chase Claypool basically giving us nothing last week. I don't know even if this if the Steelers offense can support three. Uh, three wide receivers in a week. So it, it is going to be uh, that that round robin. And, and we got good games from Juju. We got a good game from Chase Claypool. Uh, and it, it came at, at the expense of Deontay Johnson, both with the injury and, and just the limited involvement. And we'll see how that kind of shakes out through the rest of the week and how they're going to use all these guys. We've seen these guys in and out of the lineup, but it's awfully messy uh, it seems to be maybe helpful to dynasty managers and fantasy managers everywhere when only two of them are available because, man, it's, it's hard to choose which guy's going off in which, which week for the Pittsburgh Steelers in that passing game. From a Baltimore perspective, guys, uh, I think from the – if you just look at the box, box score, you see immediately Lamar Jackson, four more turnovers, made a couple of really bad decisions with the football – that early pick six, throwing it over the middle. They are slamming, defenses are slamming the middle of the field right now, not letting Lamar pick pick, pick and choose those guys in the middle of the field. Uh, no Mark Andrews on those five-yard crossing routes and sitting down between the zone. They're, they're really, uh, really pancaking those guys in the middle where Lamar likes to pick apart defenses, forcing him to get to the outside and make longer de- – more accurate throws, and it's a problem for Lamar Jackson. We'll see in the second half of the season, and the Steelers' defense is really, really good if uh, if Lamar can, can come around from this. It's not looking all that good, though, so far. In a positive note, though, Ryan, J.K. Dobbins, he had a coming-out party, really got his opportunities in this game, 15 carries, 113 yards, also caught a pass in the game, Man, Dobbins looks like, as we've talked about with many of these particularly rookie running backs that are finally getting their chances towards the middle of the season, looks like the best running back in that backfield. 
Yeah, he does. And and really he has for a while, I think. Um, so it's good to see him uh, finally break out a little bit. But Gus Edwards still had one more carry than Dobbins. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens when Mark Ingram is added back to this backfield. So we've, I, I feel like we've seen this show before that we thought Jonathan Taylor was going to completely take over after the after the Marlon Mack injury, uh, we we thought. Yeah, we'll right, get to that. Right, right. I know. We thought <laughs> we thought DeAndre Swift was going to be the guy. A couple weeks ago, it looked like he was taking over that backfield, and um, it, it's just a slow progression for these guys. But uh, certainly, what we what we saw from Dobbins was impressive today. And Matt and I were kind of talking about this a little bit before we before we started recording. I'm thinking if we're redrafting. The rookie draft in a one-quarterback league, Dobbins might be the 101 right now. Yeah, definitely. I think we've seen, you know, we'll, we'll get to him later, obviously, but, but Clyde Edwards-Solaire, we're now seeing basically a completely even split with Le'Veon Bell. And, you know, that's, that's obviously unlikely to, to, to really affect his value too much in 2021 and beyond, you know, unless they decide to retain Bell or bring somebody else. But it could be evidence that, you know, they're just not satisfied with him as a, as the, the, the you know, maybe as the 1A, but certainly not as the as a workhorse back for that offense. Uh, and we've seen, again, another rookie that we'll talk about later, Jonathan Taylor, a little bit disappointing too. So all of a sudden we have the breakout from, from Dobbins and he feels like the the best of this rookie group so they're they all they've all they've all you know flashed at times they've all except for maybe cam Akers, i guess uh but they've all flashed at times but it's kind of this round robin of value with these rookie running backs and we thought all of them were going to be hit hits at this point and we don't want to mislead anybody matt there's still a chance they're all going to be hits oh, they're getting their opportunities they certainly have looked good in spots but uh, you know going back to your comment about him perhaps being the number one pick in rookie drafts. I think it's a conversation, no doubt, but uh, it'd be a tough decision to make if we were holding, holding such a draft uh, in, in week eight or going into week nine in 2020. How about the Bills and the Patriots? Buffalo came out on top 24 to 21. Zach Moss had himself a pretty nice game. 14 carries for 81 yards and two touchdowns. Was not a contributor through the air, though. Devin Singletary also had 14 carries, fellas. 86 yards, only caught one pass. So that timeshare, that seems interesting. That's something that dynasty managers everywhere will be following moving forward. It's certainly a you would assume moving forward that Zach Moss would be the guy near the goal line and offer more value uh, as we move along. Ryan, from the New England perspective, Cam, he had his moments once again, mostly on the ground, but just 174 passing yards made a really big mistake late in the game. Yeah, certainly just just fumbled the game away. and, And he basically said as much after the game. I mean, we talked about the Patriots last week that essentially there's really not a player on this on this team that we want on dynasty rosters right now, which is uh, kind of crazy considering uh, they've got Nikhil Harry, who we, we once thought was the 101 rookie pick, and uh, Damian Harris is a player I've certainly liked and, and finally had a pretty good day himself. But uh, Cam, Cam is really the story here, and although he did give us some fantasy production on the ground, uh, I think his poor play and and the Patriots' poor record. I still I just don't know if we can trust him moving forward as the starter to even have that job security that that we need to put him in lineups. 
Yeah, it makes me think twice about what his long-term value might be, Ryan, and if he's if he's one of these guys that, and I know, Matt, last week you talked about potentially trying to buy Cam. Maybe should Dynasty managers start thinking about selling Cam Newton before, before we have any more fall-off? I mean, how, how much lower is he going to go, I guess, if he, if he does – you know, get benched. I guess that's it's possible it goes any lower, but I I just don't really see that happening unless they just want to get a longer look at Jared Stidham. I still think he's going to you know probably be starting somewhere next year, just based on you know available spots, depending on what happens with the rookies, of course, next year. But it seems like there's a spot uh, for Cam to be a starter. Obviously, the reduction is not uh, not what we want it to be right now. But like Ryan said, look at the weapons. None of these guys are doing anything for uh, to help them out right now. So I think there is. Uh, you know, a place for for Cam somewhere on someone's team in Superflex League, uh, but <laughs> it, it feels like a reach right now. But but I do think his situation will get better at some point. I, maybe not with the Patriots. Yeah, I'm not quite convinced he's a top 32 quarterback in the NFL anymore. What do you what What are you letting him go for? Obviously, any first round pick. But you know, I, I don't know if you're going to get that at this point. So, what are you selling for? Yeah, I. I I wouldn't necessarily need a need a first round pick. I'm, you know, selling for a second seems a little counterproductive, and maybe that's the point you were trying to make there because you're not most likely in a super flex going to get uh get a, a starting caliber quarterback a year from now in the second round. Most likely trying to buy buy a player, maybe even at another position with Cam. Uh, some team there, there's a Cam Newton fan in every league, I would imagine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am not convinced, and I think maybe if you look at it, uh, try to read the tea leaves of what NFL talent evaluators maybe thought a few just a few months ago. His contract was not large. He signed late with the Patriots. Um, he may not get another chance. This might be it. So if if I had Cam anywhere, I I'd be looking into selling him for sure, and hope maybe that there's a Cam Newton fan in every single league. Uh, you mentioned Damian Harris, 16 carries, 102 yards, and that rushing touchdown this week. Ryan, is he a guy we can sell based on this big game? I don't think so. Uh, I think this is. I mean, I, I made the comparison last week to the Jets, as as poor as they are from a, a fantasy or dynasty standpoint. I think the Patriots have kind of become a team that dynasty players just don't even pay attention to. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think – I still don't think Harris has much value. Uh, if you can get a – if you could get a late second, I would be shocked. It's kind of the, kind of the same conversation as Cam. Like, why trade him for a third? You might as well hold at that point. And Devin Singletary, last guy we need to talk about here, has the nice game, but Moss is getting most of the attention down near the goal line. Singletary's probably going to – have to score from 20 yards or more out. He's not going to get that big workload. Is he a guy that we're moving on from if we get a chance, Ryan? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's It looks like a 50-50 uh, split as it as it totally was today. So uh, there's just there's limited upside with Singletary. But again, you kind of clump him in with, with the David Montgomery's of the world. The upside on a weekly basis is just not there. And and if there's no weekly upside, then there's certainly no long-term upside. Yeah, I, you know, another guy, if you can get a second, it'd probably be surprising to see that offer in your inbox, but that'd probably be a snap yep. except. Tennessee Titans, they fell to the Bengals 31-20, to and Joe Burrow, he, he was good once again, 249 yards through the air and two touchdowns. 
Ryan, the, that receiving core that would they have in uh, in Tennessee is what we really want to talk about, though. Uh, they they got a couple guys worth talking about, but we'll start with Corey Davis, who dynasty managers everywhere have thrown their hands up in uh, in as they just get, continuously are frustrated with Davis. But he had he had a big game on Sunday, eight catches, 128 yards, and a touchdown. He did have a big game. In fact, this was uh, according or based on just fantasy production. This was his second best game of his career, uh, with with over 26 fantasy points. And I I noticed and and mentioned on Twitter before the games on Sunday that uh, Corey Davis, of of course, he missed a couple games with COVID, but. He has scored double-digit fantasy points in every game this season. Obviously, he kept that going on Sunday, so he's 5 for 5 with that. Uh, coming in to this season, he just had nine games in his career with 10-plus fantasy points across a three-year span. So, obviously, turning it around, I think it's, uh, I think it's a quiet breakout, but maybe, maybe not so quiet after, uh, after today's games. And he's a player that... We've already seen the high value. I mean, he's been a top 15 dynasty wide receiver, according to ADP, obviously very early in his career. So even though uh, he's been labeled as a bust by most people, I I don't think it's going to take a lot for him, for his value to really start spiking. So perhaps a guy that we could target in trades uh, this week. Yeah. I mean, I would. I would. I'd rather have him than Devin Singletary. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. The schedule coming up for Corey Davis looks pretty rough. They have Chicago at home, followed up by the Colts at home, and then hit the road for Baltimore before getting Indianapolis once again on the road. So the next month or so, pretty tough as far as Corey Davis and the rest of those Titans are concerned uh, for points against. On the other side of the football with the Bengals, I mentioned Burrow, but his targets once again came through. T. Higgins, 6 for 78. Tyler Boyd, 6 for 67 and a touchdown. These guys keep coming through. I guess A.J. Green was a little bit of a disappointment, played third fiddle to those top two guys. Um, So we'll see what happens as the week progresses. A.J. Green, a name that's been kind of floated out there on the trade block. Derrick Henry is the last guy we should mention. 18 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown. He came through once again for all of us as well. Hey guys, Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site on the planet. And Monkey Knife Fight is giving you free money and free Dynasty football content with your initial deposit. Open a new account with a minimum of a $10 deposit to Monkey Knife Fight, and you're going to receive a free DynastyLeagueFootball.com annual premium membership. This offer is also good to extend your current DLF annual membership by a year. Monkey Knife Fight will also match that initial deposit doubling your bankroll up to a maximum of $50. So just put that up to $50 into your account and Monkey Knife Fight will double it all the way up to 100 that you can play games with football, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, esports, prop bets, and so much more. And you're going to find plenty of entertaining contest options even in these uncertain times. Monkey Knife Fight provides DFS games with no salary caps. So if you can correctly predict the outcome, you're guaranteed to win. And there are no sharks, no professionals to prevent you from claiming your prize. At Monkey Knife Fight, you will not get algorithm by the top 1% who dominate those other daily fantasy sites. Check out the new and improved DFS and prop bet experience and claim your deposit match and free DLF Dynasty Premium Membership 
only at monkeyknifefight.com. Let's talk about the Raiders who beat up on the Browns. They won 16-6. Josh Jacobs was the man, 31 carries for 128 yards. Got stuffed at the goal line a few times. That would have helped Dynasty managers out for sure. On the other side of the football, Kareem Hunt, kind of disappointed, guys. 14 carries, 66 yards, just two catches, a couple of drop balls as well that were brutal. We're waiting for for Nick Chubb, Matt. Yeah, you know, he's been been out for a long time, kind of maybe in the in the, the back of Dynasty owners' minds right now. Uh, and, and Hunt, with this opportunity he's gotten with him at, since Chubb has been out, has not, you know, he's been fine, but he hasn't been, you know, what we expected, maybe a top five play every week. Uh, and especially today in a game that was maybe the most affected by the win, we thought, I, th- I thought we would see a lot of short passes to him, only three targets today, uh, you know, opting more for the, the short passing game with, with Landry and Harrison Bryant uh, necessarily than, than Kareem Hunt. So a little bit disappointing, and you know maybe we're at the point where where Hunts had had a little bit of those injuries, a little bit banked up over the, over the course of the of the season, and Chubb is is really the key to unlocking his potential. As we saw, Hunt was so good in those first games with Chubb when Chubb was running for 100 yards and two touchdowns in those two games before his injury. So uh, you know I, I'd like to try to buy Chubb right now. I, in fact, I saw an interesting trade in the trade finder, you guys, that I wanted to run by you, and that is you know we've seen Ezekiel Elliott kind of. You know, with the collapse of the Dallas offense, kind of fall off, and his dynasty value fall off a little bit too. Uh, and just a few days ago, on uh, in the trade finder on MFL, he went straight up for Nick Chubb. So I, I guess I would ask you guys right now: Are you taking Nick Chubb over Ezekiel at this point? I will tell you, Matt, I am not because I saw that that exact offer in my inbox in in the only league that I have Zeke, and I passed. I wasn't willing to to kind of to go that far i guess although i thought long and hard about it it's it's certainly close yeah i think i would pass as well but i don't know they're they're both they've both been a little frustrating lately right no doubt there they have been in another league it's it's funny that you mentioned that one i saw chubb traded straight up for saquon barkley in a league this past week and and it was kind of a unique circumstance the chubb owner uh, competing for that number one pick and, and not having Chubb over the last couple months of the season might help him secure that pick. So it was it was it was a a trade that maybe worked on multiple levels, but nonetheless, there's there's certainly a market out for Chubb and and those that might listen to Matt say, hey, right now is a good time to buy Nick Chubb, and and others might be cringing and saying, I don't know if that's possible. He's close to returning. Those are the kinds of deals that it probably takes to get him on your team. Well, I'm just curious too because if if we think that you know Dallas is going to be saddled with Dalton and Danucci all season long, right? I mean, who who let's say from week ten when when Nick Chubb comes back, who has more fantasy points towards the end of the season? I just think that there's a chance that Chubb you know increases his value in the dynasty landscape more than Zeke towards the end of the year. You know that may change as we get towards the 2021 season, but you know. If, just in terms of what they're going to do for the rest of the season. It seems like Chubb has a better opportunity. Yeah. One more thing on Kareem Hunt. I thought this was interesting. And Matt, you kind of mentioned how, uh, how disappointing he had been in this stretch. So week one through four, that was with Nick Chubb on the field. Kareem Hunt was the RB nine averaging over 17 fantasy points per game. Weeks five through eight, when he's had the job to himself, he's the RB 10, 13 and a half points per game. All right, let's move on to the Colts and the Lions, guys. And this one wasn't all that competitive. Indianapolis comes out on top 41-21. to 21. Phillip Rivers was turned the clock back, 262 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. 
Uh, got the ball to the open man, and Jordan Wilkins was the star of the game in the backfield. 20 carries, 89 yards, one touchdown, also caught a pass for 24 yards, while Jonathan Taylor gets just 11 carries for 22 yards, catches two for nine yards, and Naheem Hines catches two receiving touchdowns. Matt, this is, it's getting ridiculous. I wrote on our agenda, let's just all hate Frank Reich together because it's so difficult to watch the Colts play. And and for those of you that didn't watch the game, Jonathan Taylor did get a goal line carry right before Jordan Wilkins converted his. Taylor couldn't get it across the goal line. Uh, first and goal from the one and only got a half a yard. Of course, Wilkins gets a, gets a hole that a, you could run a Mack truck <laughs> through. So uh, I just, it's so maddening to watch the play calling. We saw plays where, um, where Trey Burton lined up at quarterback and got a goal line t- rushing touchdown. And, you know, we, we're all expecting Jonathan Taylor in this breakout. I still think he's easily the most talented guy in the back, that backfield and might be the best, one of the best running backs in the NFL. He just hasn't had an opportunity. And when he does get the opportunities, he's, he's disappointed at times. Yeah. He wasn't impressive today at all. I mean, I, I had high hopes, uh, you know, I, I I went out and bought a lot of Taylor, just hoping that coming out of the bye week, you know, especially in redraft leagues, uh, hoping coming out of the bye week that, you know, he was going to be the workhorse coming out, that we were going to see the light. Uh, Marlon Mack has been missing all season, obviously, and Naheem Hines have been stealing, stealing receptions and targets out of the backfield. But, but you know, I didn't, I didn't see Wilkins doubling his touches <laughs> ever for the rest of the season right so I just have no idea what's going on here I don't know if his you know all of the athleticism that we saw during the pre-draft process and all of those thousands and thousands of yards he had he put up in college I don't know why it's not translating or if Reich just doesn't want to give him the load maybe he's he's he's, he's tired I, I, don't, I don't know what it is it's really confusing uh, I don't know what you do with him. You can't, you can't sell him. Or I mean, I, I wouldn't sell him. You, he's just the epitome of a hold right now, right? I don't know if you can start him each week. Uh, you know, he's a flex play, I guess, on these bye week situations, like you mentioned today, Dan, where where we have so many players off. But he's not somebody that you're excited to click the start button on right now. Maybe for those reasons, he could be a buy. I'm not sure just, if you can get a discount based on this. Maybe it just makes him available. That's you know, we like to say that you know the discount is that he's available now. Well, let's let's go back to this. The two guys we were just talking about, Zeke and Chubb, certainly their value is down. If we're comparing it to the beginning of the season, we would say that for Taylor as well. So how are you valuing those three players compared to each other? It's rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'm going Taylor, I still Taylor, Chubb, Zeke, I think. Uh, my rankings definitely need an update, that is for sure. Yeah, it's a difficult call, no doubt. Um, I still, I still want Taylor and, and that longevity and the buying the years and all that upside that we have talked about throughout the off season and into the beginning of this season. And we, you know, while we have said that there's been some disappointing moments, disappointing games for sure, he's also had some bright spots this year where we thought, now that's the guy we drafted coming out of Wisconsin that was supposed to take over this backfield at some point. I still think that's coming. I. I would want a discount at this point. I wouldn't want to pay full price for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, that's for sure. It's, it just stinks. I, I said, you know, quite a while ago, early in the season, when we had injuries to Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams was out, uh, I mentioned on Twitter, there is no dynasty wide receiver one. Uh, essentially meaning, I don't know who it is. There's not a clear, obvious wide receiver one. The top tier is is even and, and large. And I might say that with the the 101 uh, rookie pick right now in, in that one in those one quarterback leagues, 
you can make a case for Dobbins, as I mentioned earlier. You can make a case for, for Clyde or Taylor, uh, or you can uh, go the, the wide receiver route. Uh, some, some might even say James Robinson. He's the running back who's actually produced this year. Uh, I wouldn't do that, but uh, I, you can't even blame uh, somebody who did. It's just so maddening. On the other side of the football here, we had another running back, rookie running back that maybe some coming into this week would say, hey, what about, what about Detroit's guy, DeAndre Swift? He's getting a bigger workload. There's reason to believe that he could take over that backfield at some point soon. And maybe coming, out of, uh, coming into this game, people thought uh, they're going to get this guy the football a lot more. Swift just six carries, only gained one rushing yard in the game. Of course, Adrian Peterson only had five carries. They fell behind early. Swift caught a few passes. But on a team that you just can't trust the coaching staff and and just everything surrounding that entire franchise when it comes to the running back position, Swift is another guy that thrown into the mix with these other running backs. I can see why why there's no no lead dog for that 101 if we were redrafting today. Well, when you can get carry on Johnson on the field, Dan, and for that for that receiving touchdown, you just got to do it, you know. He scored, and I thought to myself, <laughs> oh, there it is. Swift saved the day. And then I saw how he leaned, yeah. carry on, like lazily leaned for the pylon. I'm like, DeAndre Swift would never lean like that. <laughs> he would dive for that pylon and get the touchdown. Oh, yeah, that's that's not Swift. That's, uh, that's carry on. Speaking of the Lions, uh, Kenny Galladay injury. That was a brutal one. Four targets, no catches before the injury. He hurt his hip. We'll see how that plays out in his stead. Marvin Hall catches four passes for 113 yards. The last guy we should talk about here, Ryan, in this game is probably Michael Pittman. He came off IR. He was available. Caught just one pass for six yards, though. Yeah, we've seen just so many uh, so many of these rookie wide receivers make an impact. Uh, this, the path is certainly clear for uh, in Indy for a guy like Pittman to step up and become the number one target. We've, we've seen even Denzel Mims do that over the past couple of weeks for his team. T.Y. Hilton uh, stinks now, evidently. So uh, I don't know if there's much of a discount on Pittman uh, because he has – he, he looked okay early in the year before that injury, but if there is, I would try to grab him. There was an NFL football game in Green Bay on Sunday, and the Minnesota Delvin Cooks won 28-22 over the Packers. Cook, 30 carries, 163 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground. Added two catches for 63 and another score through the air. Carried Dynasty managers to wins. In week eight, and he was the show. He outproduced their passing game on the ground. He he himself ran for more yards than the whole team did in receiving. And that is, that's ridiculous. Really, there's not a whole lot to talk about with the Vikings. Their receivers were a disappointment in the wind. Both Jefferson and Thielen came up small for everybody. Uh, Irv Smith had a few catches, but really didn't make a splash. Let's jump over to the Packers side of things. Aaron Rodgers, 291 yards and three touchdowns, Matt. He, he's, he's had a nice bounce back in the last couple weeks since Tampa Bay. 
Yeah, and I think if you know you're one of these teams that lost Dak and are struggling with 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 your quarterback, maybe uh, you thought you're going to count on Haskins. I don't know. You're probably not competing if you're on those guys, right? But if you had Dak, you're probably you know still right on the edge of competing. And and Rodgers, I think, is a fine buy right now in Superflex League. He's on that you know the upper end of the age scale, not quite as old as the Brady's and the Breeze and the Bends and the and the Rivers and that. And he, but he's putting up way better numbers, and he's still going for reasonable prices. Just a few days ago in the Trade Finder, two second round picks. 21 and a 22nd i would pay that pretty easily for aaron Rodgers in a in a super flex format uh and uh, a few other nice deals to be had on there right so uh even like a like a first round pick and a second round pick in a couple uh, in 2022 i think that's something i think is reasonable for Rodgers right now i think you're going to get you know two to three more years on top of what you're going to get for the rest of of 2019 or excuse me 2020 out of him uh so reasonable buy we wish flex we could leads. jump back to 2019 I, right get out of this well, 2020 not, junk. not for aaron Rodgers' value but for everything else right <laughs> so uh i think he makes a, an interesting buy right now no his he's he's past his bye week so you don't have to worry about that going forward uh and we still got a few dangerous ones coming up uh where some of the quarterbacks we count on are, are going to be off so uh i, I want to buy aaron Rodgers where i can and i'm competing i think that's a great point and you know Rodgers is 36 and while that's you know really getting up there we've seen these quarterbacks uh put up big numbers into their 40s so there's no reason to think that Aaron Rodgers a guy who's won multiple MVPs and and certainly looks the part in 2020 uh couldn't couldn't do the same thing speaking of Rodgers Ryan uh outside of Devontae Adams seven catches 53 yards and three touchdowns once again and then maybe the tight ends they were involved on Sunday Tunyon five for 79 he needs another weapon in Green Bay. He really does. We're, we've started the past couple of weeks to see the tight end Jay Sternberger a little more involved, uh, which which is good to see. I know, uh, I know we were all uh, big fans of his entering the season. Tunyon's been solid for sure, but yeah, he he needs another receiver. Uh, Will Fuller continues to be the name thrown out there in trade rumors. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that as as Packers fans, but. Uh, obviously, depending on the price, I think that would be an awesome addition uh, to this team, both for the Packers team uh, and for Fuller and his fantasy value. Any anyone with a, with a pulse that's that's better than Marcus Valdez Scantling. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm for it. I don't. I'm not even a Will Fuller fan. I don't think Danny's is either. But uh, absolutely, get us some speed on the outside. Yeah, and a, and a, at least a little bit of route running. MVS is fast but has no hands and can't run a route if his life depends I on it. I did see the report that uh, that the Texans were shopping all of their wide receivers, so I was somehow hoping uh, both Fuller and Randall Cobb are sent to uh, to Green Bay. <laughs> they could Both of those guys would be upgrades on, on what they've Absolutely. got right now. There was a play on Sunday where uh, – Oh, I think it was Equinemius St. Brown. He lined up in the slot. Rodgers made a perfect throw. It would have been a diving catch. He was fully extended. And I said to my buddy who I was watching the game with, I said, no doubt in my mind, Cobb catches that. He extends, he makes the catch, and everybody says, man, he's just a little guy. How does he do that stuff? Equinemius is a a long, lengthy guy. He reached it easily. Haul that thing in on third third, third and long when you need the big play. Uh, it was maddening, no doubt. There, you know, the Packers' offense is still putting up numbers without a, another weapon, a secondary weapon, a fuller type. Even if it were uh, Cooks or or even Stills, for that matter, they that came from Houston, that would be an upgrade for the Packers and for Aaron Rodgers. To to Matt's point, 
for sure. Uh, speaking of offenses that don't need an addition, uh, another weapon, the Kansas City Chiefs won running away 35-9 to over the Jets. Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes-like things, 416 yards and five touchdowns through the air. Kelsey was a big playmaker, 8 for 109 and a touchdown. Tyreek came through, 4 for 98 and two scores. Nicole Hardman, if you were stretching to find that last guy in your starting lineup, he did big things as well. Seven catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. The running game, however, Matt, that continues to be a question mark for the Chiefs, and dynasty owners everywhere are thinking long and hard about putting either Clyde or Le'Veon Bell in their lineup moving forward. Yeah, you know, I guess the, I guess it just comes down to the Jets being kind of a, a, a pass funnel defense. Uh, you certainly didn't think that Patrick Mahomes needed to throw for 416 yards in this game to beat them, right? But and that the the running backs might get a little bit of play, especially as they 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 kind of got on top of uh, of that team. But it just didn't really happen. They split him. Pr- Pretty much right down the middle, both CEH and Bell got six carries and three targets each. Uh, and again, we have a rookie running back who has certainly produced for us already this season, but now is a little bit of a question mark. And you know, just like with Jonathan Taylor, maybe this makes the the discount if you want to go and try to buy him. It's just that he's available, whereas in the past he wasn't really available. Uh, and, and you still got to think that he's going to be the lead back, you know, uh, after the 2020 season. I don't think Bell is necessarily going to be back unless he's going to take a discount. Maybe he will. Maybe the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and Bell, Bell just wants to win, right? And he comes back again uh, but it is a little bit concerning that that ch may not be a, a workhorse like uh, we might have thought once uh, damian harris mo- damian uh, williams moved on uh, and, and opted out of the season right so uh, a little bit concerning but uh, just got to hold and, and ride out the storm i think is there is there reason to think maybe there's still enough big name notoriety and and uh, enough big plays that Clyde has made as a rookie to this point to think, ah, maybe I should just sell now. Can I get enough to, to make it worthwhile? What's, what's enough? I don't know. It's going to take quite a bit. You most likely paid the 101 or 102, right? Right. So, I mean, you're probably not getting – are you still getting two firsts? I don't know if you can get two firsts for him at this point. I think at that point you might want to you, – you might could consider selling depending on where those picks might fall. But uh, I, I don't know because most teams with CH probably aren't necessarily competing, you know, so – uh, maybe you want to push it down the, the road even a little bit further by picking up an extra pick if, you, if it's something you could do. I don't know if you could get two firsts for him. To this point, it's been blasphemy to, to say, oh, I haven't been that impressed with Clyde, but I don't know. Can anybody say honestly that Clyde has been super impressive even in the opportunities he's gotten? You'd expect in that offense with those fronts that he's facing when Patrick Mahomes is ripping up defenses that Clyde should – should make people miss and and have big splash plays and a line of of six carries for 21 yards and three catches for 10 is not enough. It it's really disappointing, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been fine. Uh he had 3 RB1 games. Yeah, he was supposed to be more not, than fine, sure, though, right? Sure, sure. That's that's the point. He had 3 RB1 games in his first 6 weeks uh prior to Bell joining the team. And I think what we saw on Sunday is is basically what we'll continue to see, that this is a timeshare. Obviously, I, I agree with Matt that this still feels like uh, Clyde's job long-term. I think he's the 2021 starter, and Bell is gone, uh, even assuming Damian Williams is back on the roster. I would go the other way. I would take this opportunity to buy, again, same same conversation as Taylor, if the price is low enough. I don't really think it is. Um, so if you are worried, I, I do think you can still get two first. 
Yeah, I I think you should be able to. And like to Matt's point, if you're if you can get if you assume those picks are going to be high enough to get an impact player, maybe it's worth it. I'm on the fence. I'm I'm not sold that Clyde is everything he was supposed to be as the first running back off the board this past uh, this past spring. Last note on this game, Denzel Mims, Ryan, two for 42, led the team once again. Are you buying Denzel Mims? I am. I think the price is obviously going up uh, now that he's he's actually on the field. Uh, he's led the team both of his uh, both of the past couple weeks that he's been active in receiving, but uh, it's only taken. I believe he had 42 yards both weeks, so it's just that that poor Jets offense. Uh, even though they trail every single game, they're still they still don't see a ton of uh, a ton of pass volume. So, um, yeah, just buying with an eye towards Trevor Lawrence and, and the future. Hey, for the last few months, we've been talking about our friends over at DynastyOwner.com. And these guys over there, they unite the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. And they're the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries. By adding the strategy of running an NFL franchise, Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash DLF for more information on this unique, thrilling fantasy football experience. If you're looking for that new challenge, Dynasty Owner gives you just that. They favor skilled players who can manage their roster using those real NFL salaries within a salary cap. It adds an entirely new level of strategy. Go to DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. Validate your fantasy football skills today. That's DynastyOwner.com slash DLF. Dynasty Owner, start your dynasty today. The Rams were upset by the Dolphins. Tua got his first win as a starter. Dolphins come out on top 28-21. to 21. Tua 12-22, so not all that accurate. Had moments, but did certainly look like a rookie. 93 yards, one touchdown. Didn't turn the football over, though. Uh, the, the weapons, Ryan, in this game for the Dolphins, if anybody who watches it and is... is you know, really leaning on Devontae Parker. He came up small, one for three yards and a touchdown. Did that Did that Mike Evans line for all of us, one one for three and a score. Uh, also, Preston Williams, two for 15. Mike Gusecki, one for eight. It was it was not a showing a, a, a big offensive output for Miami into his first start. No, it wasn't at all. It, it, the final score looks good. Uh, an, an upset win over the Rams for Tua. Uh, and if you watch that game or, or caught the score throughout the game, it looked even better. They were up uh, even bigger than, than, than the final margin throughout the game. But they scored. They, they had a defensive score. They had, a, I believe, a punt return touchdown as well. And Tua, Tua did not look great in, in, his first, in his first game. We got a little spoiled by Justin Herbert and, uh, and even Joe Burrow are already this season. And we've, we've talked about on this show, Tua does not have the weapons that those guys do. So uh, the expectations have to change a little bit, uh, but he didn't even really make use of the weapons he does have. Uh, Devontae Parker, I think, only got two targets. In fact, only two players uh, on that team got more than two targets, and, and one of those was uh, the running back, Miles Gaskin. So certainly hoping for improvement down the road for Tua. 
Yeah, he he made multiple throws off his back foot. Likes to likes to do that scrambling fadeaway throw, and and he I don't know if he doesn't have the arm strength or thinks he can put more touch on the football, but he did it multiple times. Once again, he got away with it a lot at Alabama. It didn't look quite as good in this ball game on Sunday. On the other side of the football, the Rams. Cooper Cup was big, eleven for one hundred and ten. Robert Woods scored two times, one on the ground, one through air. Also caught seven for 85 yards. Jared Goff was, it was bad. Four turnovers for him. Uh, Cam Akers, though, made an appearance, Matt. Nine carries for 35 yards. Also caught one for 19. What are your thoughts on Cam Akers? Yeah, these rookie running backs in, in 2020, it seems like Akers is maybe the most attainable. He's in a similar situation, actually, to, to J.K. Dobbins, right, with two two guys that are presumably ahead of him. We thought that Akers was going to be able to take that that lead role, but with injuries, Malcolm Brown and, and you know, Daryl Henderson, you know, performing pretty well while Akers was out. It's kind of, you know, submitted Akers as, as that second or third option in the backfield. Uh, and unlike the other guys, he hasn't really shown – uh, had a kind of a breakout or a big game, so to speak, and never and didn't really ever have the hype of a guy like Jonathan Taylor, right? So uh, he's one that's still accessible. Uh, again, going back to the trade finder, actual trades in the uh, uh, on myfantasyleague.com, going around for like a single first round pick. So like you know, if you're a competing team, uh, you're you're in the up, you're you're going to have that that late first round pick in 2021, and you know you're not. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure. Maybe you guys can tell me how Cam Akers could compare to the late first round pick at this point. Uh, uh, 2021 dynasty leagues look like but I feel like if I'm a strong team and I'm looking to add a running back for the future it's going to be a guy like Cam Akers someone we haven't seen yet but we know has the the draft capital and the talent to do so and Malcolm Brown is going to be an unrestricted free agent after this year so it'll be one less back uh, to deal with Um, so hopefully going forward we're going to see more from Cam Akers and and as the season goes on as well Uh, but right now seems like a good time to jump in and and try to buy uh, maybe the, the 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 cheapest of the of these top rookie running backs in 2020. Ryan can probably answer the question more than me uh, that the 2021 rookie draft class is pretty stacked. There's a lot of talent there for sure. So there's a chance of course, that there could be a talented player available to you late in the round, most likely. Uh, and maybe, maybe you picked him a little bit higher this year. Most likely he fell to the mid to late first round this past year, talking about cam Akers. So I guess you're buying him at face value, uh, a hundred pennies on the dollar. If you go after cam and, and you're looking at a playoff spot right now, certainly not a bad idea. The Broncos, they, they had to come from behind victory. Uh, they, they pulled out a big one against the chargers this week on Sunday and drew Locke. 247 yards, three touchdowns, just one interception. Jerry Judy had had a really nice game. Didn't score a touchdown, which we would have liked to see, but four catches for 73. He's so fast. Noah Fant, seven for 47. Guys, I watched a lot of this game, and we've talked a lot about Alberto and Noah Fant over the last few weeks, but now Noah Fant isn't even on the field in the red zone. He came off the field for multiple plays inside the 20. Alberto got targeted down there, just one catch for nine yards and the score also was targeted on the last play of the game or or the second to last play of the game before Denver got their game winning touchdown. Uh, This is, this is not good for Noah Fant managers. No, it's, it's not good at all. And uh, I was surprised. I saw someone mention this. Uh, I think it was actually Evan Silva, I believe mentioned this uh, this past week that uh, even after just a couple of games, Albert O leads the team in red zone targets. Uh, and, and that says a lot, obviously, 
not only about him and, and maybe his relationship with Drew Locke, but but also just with with the other options on that team. And of course, Cortland Sutton's banged up and and multiple injuries uh, that 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 pass catching group has dealt with. But I know I know Alberto had at least two um, two end zone targets uh, in this game today. So I, I'm not sure that's going to change. Maybe it's just Fant not being fully healthy. Uh, but if you were counting on Fant as as that full on breakout, Alberto is a problem. Yeah, he is certainly in the way. He's a big guy that's in the way. Also for the Broncos on Sunday, Philip Lindsay six carries, eighty three yards, had the big touchdown run. Uh, for the Chargers, Justin Herbert came down to earth just a little bit. Two hundred seventy eight yards, that looks good. Three touchdowns, that looks good. Two interceptions and both of them were not ideal. They weren't. They weren't all that good of throws. Also added twenty one yards on the ground. Justin Jackson had the lead in that backfield. Seventeen carries, eighty nine yards. Also caught three passes for fifty three. Mike Williams had a stunning one handed touchdown catch. Five catches for ninety nine yards. And Keenan Allen nine catches for sixty seven yards and a touchdown. Matt, let's talk about Austin Eckler because it seems like it's about the right time to start start trying to buy Austin Eckler. Yeah, it really feels like th- there's a lot of meat on this this Chargers bone, so to speak, right? Like we we saw Eckler mesh with Herbert right before he got hurt with, with a big receiving game and looking great on the ground. And these this this kind of mixture of backs that they're working in while Eckler is out, are, are you know they're working fine as a group, but it just seems like he there, there's going to be a, a workhorse role for him coming coming in once that uh, injury is healed up. And I think we're expecting him in week ten, something like that. So uh, now's the time to strike there, a single first round pick is look like, looking like it's getting done in the trade finder. Uh, David Montgomery was moved moved from straight up just yesterday. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's gettable right now, and he's going to have a strong second half of that season. Uh, I think clearly the best option in that that uh, Chargers backfield. And, and the way Justin Herbert is playing, it's not really resulting in wins just yet, right? But uh, the, the fantasy points are there. So I want to come and go, go ahead and get Eckler now if I can for the stretch run. Real quickly, Matt, you also mentioned maybe selling Drew Locke coming off the big game. I mentioned the the stat line, three touchdowns on Sunday. He, that's his best game of the year. Yeah, I mean, that was just, I don't know. I, I feel like that was a lot of the Chargers doing, you know, as they sure. that lead just kind of disintegrated, right? The Chargers were up big and they let Drew Locke work back and, you know, it's not necessarily garbage time because they came back and won the game, right? But uh, it was similar to that that fashion. So it was a comeback comeback effort there. It just doesn't seem to me like he's a super accurate quarterback and is not really ever going to be that. Uh, and with the weapons surrounding him on that team, I know Cortland Sutton got hurt early on, but but we think with Fan and Judy and these other guys uh, in, in the running game that he could perform a little bit better, more consistently for us. So I'm not super convinced that he's going to be necessarily the, the locked-in starter for 2021 uh you know this this is not a great team they're probably not going to be consideration for one of those top rookies but maybe they make another move somewhere where where Locke becomes kind of this guy who's kind of always looking over his shoulder so uh if I could go ahead and get out now for you know there's again several nice options here paying I think I think my favorite thing to do with him right now would be to add to him to pay up to get to one of the guys we really want in the top six or seven uh so again just this past weekend Drew Locke and a first round pick for Deshaun Watson uh Drew Locke David Montgomery Cooper Cup for Kyler Murray uh, these are kind of things that you can do to upgrade this position and kind of gain yourself a little bit more cer- certainty in Superflex leagues, right? Because I don't know, I, this, for me in Superflex leagues, if I'm going to spend up for a quarterback, uh, I want that that uh, 
basically that safety that right? you want to feel comfortable that you have a starter because it's a position that theoretically you could have for 10 years uh, with some of these young guys and you just don't really have that security I don't think with Drew Locke so I'd rather pay up and get one of these other guys I, I think you're uh, I, I, I don't know I agree with the advice I want to get rid of Drew Locke as well I've got him on one super flex team and I just don't ever even consider starting him so yeah. the the idea the idea that he has a lot of trade value even in that format I just don't know I just don't know if I see it uh, some of those trades I'm I'm shocked so maybe maybe you've got to try to to move him um, but- Miles Sanders straight up. What? <laughs> yeah, that that's not happening in any leagues we play. I'm just in. saying these are yeah, but we're you know we're not only talking to people in expert leagues, right? So uh, I think it's just think it's something worth trying. These trades are clearly happening. These are actual trades that are happening. Maybe there are certain circumstances that we don't know, but uh, maybe you have to add a little bit more. But he's somebody I think we should be shopping. Yeah, let's let's send those offers out. Oh my gosh. Uh, go go ahead and do it. Drew Lock for Elvin Kamara. Let's get it done this week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of Alvin Kamara, he was a monster once again on Sunday. The Saints beat the Bears 26-23. to Kamara, 12 carries for 72 yards, 9 catches for 96. He dropped a couple mm-hmm. passes, too. So if he hauls those couple passes in, we might be looking at 120, 130 through the air, maybe a touchdown. Drew missed him on a wheel. Drew Brees missed him on a wheel route where he had the linebacker beat. That's a touchdown if he puts it on him. Drew Brees, on the other hand, the stat line looks good, guys. 280 yards and two touchdowns, no picks. Did he throw it to a receiver all game? It seems like check down Charlie. Let's get it to Kamara. Let him just shake and bake. And Oh, man, it's, it's hard to watch. It's not the same Drew Brees anymore, speaking of quarterbacks that we should be selling. Uh, Jared Cook, 5 for 51 and a score. David Montgomery had his biggest game this season, at least yardage-wise. 21 carries, 89 yards. Two catches for 16. And then Allen Robinson, six catches coming off the concussion for 87 yards and a touchdown. Matt, what are we doing with A-Rob? I kind of want to sell him. Again, uh, any first-round pick I think I'm ready to take for him. He's 27 years old. Do we see a path to him ever having a a legitimate quarterback? You know, he's going to be 28 next year, and the Bears are not going to be bad enough to – to, to get one of these top rookie quarterbacks? Are they going to are they gonna address it after bringing Foles in this year? I just don't know who's, who's it going to be. Maybe maybe they bring in Cam Newton next year, right? I don't know. I just I just don't see a path for Robinson to ever have that top-end upside that we see from him. Obviously, he's going to be productive week to week. He's shown that he can do that with, with bad quarterbacks. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the bottom's going to fall out soon. When, we know once he's wide receivers at 28, 29 years old, their value starts to plummet. We've seen it over and over again. We're seeing it with Michael Thomas right now, and these are obviously players in very different situations uh so if it can happen with him i think it can happen with robinson with much worse quarterback play so uh just because i don't see that path to you know uh, that wide receiver one upside that we see on a consistent basis with 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 players that are playing with good quarterbacks i just i would rather go ahead and sell now get out a year early i wish i was faster clicking the buttons here i think a rob's contract is up after the season well yeah i mean if yeah but sorry matt if you remember uh back um a few weeks ago, or maybe it was just before the season started, there was there was even talk of a Rob demanding a trade. He was unhappy with his contract. The talks were going nowhere, uh, and and that frustration can't can't have gotten any better. Uh, just with the the quarterback situation there, I don't think it's safe to say that in 2021, neither Foles nor Trubisky is going to be this this team starter. It, it 
it just can't happen. Uh, whether we need a coaching change or a GM change for that to happen, I don't know. But uh, I think whether he's traded, whether he or, or whether the Bears just uh, make an up, have an upgraded quarterback, he's going to have a better quarterback situation than he has right now. I, I don't see any way around that. Yeah, and I was able to get there in March of 2018. He signed a three-year contract with the Bears. So it is expiring. There is the opportunity, of course, that he'd be franchised or something like that. But there's the potential that he could find his way to a quarterback. Uh, man, I, I think he's the most underrated wide receiver in among dynasty managers everywhere. He's so good, and, and he, I think he proved it once again. On Sunday, poor quarterback play still came up with six grabs for 87 yards and a score. The last game, guys, we have to talk about before getting out of here is the Seahawks. They won 37-27 to over the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo was injured. George Kittle got banged up. But Russell Wilson did what he does. He's the MVP so far. 267 yards, four touchdowns. Also had 23 yards on the ground. DK Metcalf made up for a bummer last week with... A big game, 12 catches for 161 and two scores. Ryan, these injuries for the 49ers, though, I don't want to just gloss over all those stats for the Seahawks because those those guys helped out dynasty managers everywhere. But these injuries, especially the Kittle one, that that could be big news. Yeah, it could. Um, We're still, of course, waiting on on updates on both of those injuries. The last thing I did see... Uh, was they did x-rays on George Kittle's ankle and that it did not reveal a fracture, which uh, is is good news on face value. But just that there was that concern probably means he's missing, uh, I I would think, multiple games. So very bad news for the 49ers. Uh, I also thought it was interesting when Garoppolo got hurt. Uh, I think it was uh, Nick Mullins that came in, even though uh, C.J. Beathard had, uh, had that job. Yeah, they lied to us. Shanahan yeah. lied again. Yeah, so we we don't even know who the backup quarterback is necessarily there uh, between between Beathard and uh, and Mullins. So it's just a wait and see situation. The offense overall for the Forty ers uh, outside of George Kittle has has been disappointing. We know the the rush game there. Um, those guys just can't stay healthy. One guy that wasn't. Uh, necessarily a disappointment on Sunday. Brandon Ayuk, eight catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. He did come through and has had a really nice rookie season, Matt. Uh, now with Debo Samuels banged up and, and out of the lineup, Ayuk is showing that at the very least, he's the handcuff for Debo Samuel and a guy that if they can get him the ball in creative ways, could be an asset for dynasty managers. Yeah, he got his, his touchdown towards the end of the game there and, you know, basically garbage time, right? Still so, counts. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It does. It still counts. Hey, Matt, uh, earlier you said you said on locks that it wasn't garbage time because they came back and won. <laughs> that it, It's like recycling time, right? It's yeah, recycle time. It, it still right? counts, right? Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> and he's certainly playing the role as the really the only target in that offense, right? With uh, They can't figure out this running back situation. It's a different one every week, and Debo can't stay healthy, and now we have Kittle out again. So he's the last man standing. He's definitely been impressed. And and he takes advantage of the Shanahan system. He's he's a yak monster. We've seen it over and over with him. And uh, I I was definitely too low on him in the pre-draft process. He just fits that system perfectly. So definitely somebody uh, that we want to keep on our rosters going forward and maybe even uh, investigate a buy situation with him. 
Yeah, it was a, we said in the opening, fellas, it was a really rough week for setting lineups. It's going to get just as, it's going to be just as difficult moving forward. More buys coming up in week nine and week 10. Those injuries seem to be mounting up. Hopefully some of the ones that we saw on Sunday and, and even Thursday night with Calvin Ridley aren't as serious as maybe we originally thought they could potentially be. Um, any, any advice, Ryan, for, for the managers out there that are, that are either, you know, on the brink of the playoffs or not sure what they're, what they're going to do with their season? Uh, what, what can you give them for advice moving forward? I feel like, I feel like you almost have to know at this point, uh, kind of where you stand. So as always compare yourself to your league, uh, your league mates look over those other teams, not only your own. And then finally, just uh, don't be afraid to to make a move. If you're close to the playoffs, go out and get that veteran that can get you in. And on the other side of things, Matt, you can uh, if 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 you've been lying, if you've been staying in the hunt, even though your team isn't quite as good, maybe some injuries dropped you down the standings this week. Be ready to sell, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you have to be honest with your team. I had to do that in the last couple of weeks with with a few of mine that I swear were contenders. But you know, lots of Christian McCaffrey teams that have just you know they're 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 beyond saving at this point. So you've got to get rid of those those assets that aren't going to help you and, and move them into the future. So uh, just be honest with your team. If you're if you have a good a, a great record, but you're you know seventh eighth in scoring, don't be too confident in your team. And you know, even on the other side, like Ryan was saying, if you have a bad record, if you're three and three and five, but you're in the, the top of the scoring at this point, then make, don't be afraid. You know, you're scoring well. You just had some bad luck. So just be honest with your team where it's at and, and make the move that you need to make. Yeah, particularly if you maybe have some of those guys that are coming back, Nick Chubb, uh, CMC, those guys that might be able to bolster your roster already. Uh, that That's like adding a player on the trade market as well. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of the DLF Dynasty podcast. We appreciate everybody listening. Once again, for Matt and for Ryan, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again next week.